Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Give it off to Dietrich, off the window and in. Shikalami up by two with 17 seconds left and a timeout by Shikalami. There were 17 seconds left and you picked that? I thought it was a game winning play. Well, it, it was the go ahead, and then they were able to hold them off. For the last there's seven, there's but. 17 seconds left. <laughs> I mean, and does the color guy ever talk? <laughs> he didn't in that clip, but I can't, I can't confirm or deny the rest of the game. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I mean, every clip I hear, he never talks, and like, he, and he's really smart. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's the suit. He is the outstanding play-by-play voice of Purdue basketball. Good friend, Rob Blackman. Rob, welcome. Great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, quick question, Steve. Have any of my calls ever made the ear-piercing call of the day segment? Uh, no, they've been actually in the logical play-by-play call of the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> There are different ways of phrasing it depending on who it is. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yes, fair enough. What uh, Larry Clisby passed away. We all loved him. What has it been? What was it like for you on a personal level? But what's it also been like for the program and the fan base? Even though it was expected, but still it happened. Yeah, so uh, you you phrased that actually wonderfully there, Steve, because it was expected, um, especially the last two months or so. It became very apparent that Larry was trending the wrong direction when it came to his physical health. And I don't know if the fans were certainly aware of that, but those that were close to him, myself and coaches and those members of the basketball staff certainly knew. So, um even though you knew it was coming, and and by the way, you know he passed away uh, early in the morning last Saturday morning, around about three thirty or so in the morning. We had found out that that late afternoon before Friday afternoon. Actually, it was the Friday uh, afternoon when Purdue played at Penn State. Uh, yes. Ironically enough, for uh, for this radio show, but we had found out that afternoon that he was in in very poor health and that uh, he is he was diminishing quickly, and so. Uh, we all knew it was just a matter of hours as opposed to a matter of days. But with all of that said, uh, you're still never quite ready for something like that. And uh, it's been really, uh, it's been very heartwarming to see the the outpouring of of uh, well wishes from whether they be you know fans of Purdue basketball or quite frankly uh, fans from college basketball all over the country. And that in, includes a pretty healthy chunk of fans from Indiana University who. Uh, of course, is Indiana's uh, most hated or Purdue's most hated rival is Indiana. So, uh, a lot of well wishes is, uh, from those folks too. And and uh, by the way, I do want to thank you publicly here on your radio show for the kind words that you provided for for a radio highlight uh, montage segment that we had uh, honoring the Cliz uh, on our radio broadcast. You were you and a handful of other Big Ten play-by-play announcers had uh, 
had a, reported a couple of nice things to say about the Clears, and they were included in that montage. And and so we do greatly appreciate that, Steve. That was great stuff. And uh, ultimately, like I said, it's just great to see the outpouring of uh, fans of not just Purdue, but those that follow college basketball closely. I mean, the guy was was in the business for 40 years, 40 plus years, all the time with Purdue, and you can develop quite a quite a fan following uh, when you're in it for 40 plus years. So it was really been heartwarming to see. It was, first of all, an honor to do it. And then even it turned out I was the last guy that was up to do this, but on the first three-point shot that Penn State hit against Minnesota Wednesday night, Trent Buttrick, I did say bullseye. So, Yep, well, thank you. And that was so, I have to tell you, that, that actually, um, everyone thinks that was a Purdue idea or that it came from me, and I can promise no. you it, it was not. It was actually from... Uh, Gary Dolphin, our longtime yes. friend at Iowa, the play-by-play voice of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Gary had reached out to me uh, Saturday morning, just very shortly after the news uh, had come about, uh, come out about Cliz's passing, and he said, hey, I have an idea, and that idea caught fire. We quickly reached out to as many Big Ten guys as we could, and so yeah, that was uh, that was Dolph's idea, and that was a hell of an idea, obviously. I'm glad he, he, glad he thought of that. That's Dolph. He, he thinks of all sorts of things. Sometimes they're really good. So <laughs> yeah, every, now, every now and then he gets one right. <laughs> oh, we think the world of Dolph. I think the world of that guy. Uh, what did Larry Clisby mean to the fans, and what have the fans said to you, Rob? Well, I, I, the deepest emotional connection from Cliz to the fans was the fact that ultimately, if you really break it down into just its most basic uh, broadcasting uh, sense. He was he was ultimately a fan who just happened to be a professional broadcaster, right? right? I mean, he was. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There was no questioning which team he was rooting for. When you and and more importantly, if you're a Purdue fan, when you turn tuned into the broadcast, no matter what portion of the game you might be joining the game in progress, you immediately knew within about ten to fifteen seconds just where Purdue stood in that particular game. Uh, because of the uh, the uh, the emotion emotions that uh, Cliz was broadcasting uh, with, uh, if he was playing well, obviously you could tell right away because he was happy and joyous and and fun and and having a good time and laughing. And if Purdue was playing poorly, he was grumpy and just quite frankly pretty unpleasant, even to listen to. Quite frankly, at times. So I think that really actually that sat well with the fans, the diehard fans, right? And look, you and I know this because we've been in it a long time, but. Yeah. Uh, and that's not always probably the most professional route to go when it comes to broadcasting. There needs to be some sense of objectivity at times, and certainly, um, and, and I think all of us know that. But, you know, for the quiz, and I'm not sure when, because I only was with him the last 15 years of his career, but it, I think at some point in his career, he said to hell with objectivity. <laughs> he said, hey, I'm a, Purdue, I'm a Purdue guy through and through, and, and so here you go. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't tell it like it was, right? If Purdue, Like I said, if Purdue was playing poorly, he certainly wasn't trying to sugarcoat anything. Uh, exactly the opposite. He, he was like a grumpy fan sitting at home throwing things at your television. Uh, the only difference was he actually had a live microphone in front of his face. So to me, that's always where that emotional connection with the fans came in. He was, like I said, he was a fan, a uh, big-time fan, a diehard fan. He just happened to also be a professional broadcaster at the same time. I always tell the students in the broadcasting class, look, you have to be yourself. So, Rob, you're your own man, and you do a great job in your own personal style. 
Yet what kind of influence did Larry Clisby still have on you as to what we hear today? You know, it's funny you ask that, uh, and here's why. We uh, Actually, the services were for the Cliz were last night uh, at a funeral home uh, here in Lafayette, and uh, I was asked that about three or four different times by folks that had, had come through the, the funeral service, uh, and so my answer was the same, so I'm well prepared for this answer, and that is not so much what you hear on the air. I don't know that uh, was that big of an influence from the Cliz point of view, but my yeah. mannerisms and the way I kind of move and uh, and uh, I don't even know what the right word for it is. My uh, uh, boy, what, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Just the way I can kind of handle myself at the broadcast. Car- how how, how you carry yourself? How you carry yourself? Yeah, there you go. And from just with once I put the headset on. And the thing is, Steve, I didn't even pick up on this until this year. We're you know we're broadcasting the games, and Cliz is not a part of our broadcast and. Our longtime audio engineer, uh, a guy named Wes Scott, uh, yep. I didn't know this, but secretly he'd been, uh, you know, filming some of it uh, on his phone from off to the side, especially in like bigger calls late in the game or whatever, uh, where it could be, you know, a big play. And I went back and watched some of those videos, and as I'm watching it myself, I said to myself, oh my God, I'm the Cliz. <laughs> I would, like on a big call, like on a three point big shot, I would do like Cliz does, clench my fist and bring my elbows in tight to my body and look up to the sky with my eyes closed as I made the call. And it was just little mannerisms like that. I thought, oh my God, I act just like the guy. And uh, so I guess that's what 15 years of working with a guy side by side for. For all that time will do to you. You don't even notice it till you actually see it played back to you in video. That uh, oh my God, I'm just I'm just like him in a lot of different <laughs> ways. So and I'm I'm happy to say that because that that certainly was a, a good influence on me, if, if nothing else. Well, you're in the process of carving out the same kind of career, in my opinion. I have to ask you about uh, Purdue basketball this year. Boy, I've been around Matt Painter a long time, uh, and to be honest with you, the this might be the best coaching job I've seen him do. When you look yeah, at the when you uh, yeah. look at the youth of this team, what are you seeing with them? Well, I, I'm with you. I'm not in look, I'm I'm certainly of the belief that Joan Howard earned the Big Ten coach yeah, of the year as I we agree. found out today, without question. But I'm telling you what, if if it's any other year that Matt Painter is winning that award, uh, because yes, I totally agree. When this when the season started, Steve, um, and I'm talking not just, you know, the seven non-conference games, but even, you know, Purdue was two and three to start the Big Ten schedule right out of the, yep. right out of the gate. Um, I, as, a, as a broadcaster slash fan, I found myself saying, hey, so what? This is a young group. Let's just enjoy watching them grow. They're going to win a few games. They might surprise us with a couple wins they're not supposed to get. But the fact of the matter is if this club ends up being 500, but they've had a hell of a season. And so let's just enjoy the ride and not try to get too worked up about anything. Well, then you you know then you go on a four game winning streak, right? And then you then you win at Michigan State, then you, then you win at Indiana, then you win at Ohio State, and then all of a sudden your 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 thinking begins to change, right? You're like, well, hey, wait a minute, maybe this group might be a little better than we thought. Maybe these freshmen might be a little better than they thought. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden they kind of start coming into their own, and now here they go into the Big Ten tournament on a five game win streak. But I think it's fair to say this group has exceeded any and all expectations. 
Now, I don't think Matt Painter's going to tell you that publicly because coaches aren't supposed to say that, right? They're supposed to no. say they believed in these guys all the time and all the way through and, and all that good stuff that coaches say. But I think if you could pull them aside and just say, hey, privately, just between you and I, I think he would be in full agreement that, yes, this group has exceeded every expectation that was put upon them. And and it's been fun, man. Like I said, I was just kind of kind of along for the ride this year, hoping for maybe a 500 record and and then we'll look forward to next season. But now, all of a sudden, I'm kind of looking forward to, to March, the way this group's playing. Absolutely. And when you look at Newman, I really like him. Gillis, I've got, uh-huh. now some of these guys are redshirt freshmen. And Matt's had the ability to redshirt guys and then play them a year older. But Jaden Ivey, okay, for, you got you got Travion Williams, you got Edie, the baseball, hockey, basketball guy who's 7'4". <laughs> And then you got the Notre Dame coach's son. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Rob, he's an NBA guy. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Without question. And the the crazy thing is, if you just look at the hard numbers, Steve, uh, and you don't if you if you've never seen him play, you just look at the hard numbers. You're like, this guy's an NBA guy. He he shoots twenty percent from three. <laughs> he, you know, two weeks ago he was a sixty percent free throw shooter. Yep. Um, now he's improved on those numbers, but uh, but yes, then you see him live and in person. You see his athleticism. You see yep. his just knack for knowing how to play. Obviously, son of a coach, as you mentioned, uh, and you find yourself saying, "Holy cow, this guy is the whole package, man." He's and the only thing for us, Steve, from a Purdue standpoint, we're kind of hoping that three point percentage stays in the twenties <laughs> because if it gets up much higher, we're afraid he might roll on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, I know. he might be long gone. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Uh, just one last note. This is only a note, but this lets you know what Cliz meant to the basketball family of Purdue. When he got sick with brain cancer, uh, stage four lung cancer, they had to put together a GoFundMe page. The first donation was $10,000, and it came from Matt Painter. And I think that tells everybody everything about Purdue Matt Painter, and about Cliz. Yeah, and it's such a great relationship. If you think about it, when Matt was a player, Cliz was the broadcaster then, right? Uh, yep. Yep. Back in the uh, back in the early 90s. So that relationship started a long, long time ago. And uh, yes, that uh, that's a true story. They actually had set uh, the goal at $10,000, and that goal was uh, reached within about 30 seconds when, as you said, Coach Painter gave 10 grand right out of the gate um so yes that you're right that encapsulates uh, all you need to really kind of need to know about quiz and what he meant to purdue basketball and and certainly that those that are involved with purdue basketball from a uh, from a coaching and then staff and administration standpoint so you thanks for bringing that up steve because that's uh, that is one of my all-time favorite stories to tell my good friend, I cannot wait to see you in person again, all right? Because every time I do, it's great. <laughs> I agree, and uh, let's uh, hope that is sooner rather than later, good partner, a good friend. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing you again, partner. Same here, Rob. Thanks, buddy. Hey, good good luck, uh, Purdue's not in the same bracket as Penn State, so, you know, go to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You guys do the same. That sounds great. We'll talk then. Thanks, all Rob. Right. Yep. See you, man. Rob Lockman, play-by-play voice of Purdue. They, I mean, Larry Clisby is a legend. 1,189 games at Purdue. And we never played a soundbite of him on the air where there was a basket with 17 seconds to go. 
just what I was given. That's all. <laughs> that was actually, with all due respect, that was a really good call, by the way. It's an excellent call. Yeah. So. Now I've got to. There you go. Gotta go wash my hands after you know. <laughs> Maybe clean up a little bit after saying that. It's like, uh, oh boy. So, it was an excellent call. It really was. You could tell Rob was blown away by it. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he was. He didn't think he was going to get thrown into that when he agreed to do this. <laughs> Can't believe it. It's the best call on this station in months. <laughs> Back with more moment on News Radio 1070 WK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. You know, it's interesting. The um, broadcasters in the Big Ten are a pretty tight-knit group. Uh, it's interesting. You can go other places, and uh, and you might not find that, to be honest with you. Uh, it's uh, And with this, for whatever reason, I think it's just the personalities of the people involved. Uh, but, you know, Rob Blackman of Purdue, Don Fisher at Indiana, Dave Ennett of Northwestern, Brian Barnhart of Illinois, Matt LaPay of Wisconsin, Mike Grimm of uh, Minnesota, uh, Greg Sharp on football, and Ken Pavelka on uh, basketball at Nebraska, uh, um, Jim Brandstetter at, at Michigan, uh, Michigan State, Will Teeman on basketball, and George Blaha on football, Paul Keels at Ohio State. Johnny Holiday. Okay, Johnny and I talked for, I don't know, an hour on Friday. We're still laughing. Uh, you know, it's just a really... Uh, and Chris Carlin, obviously, at Rutgers, uh, it was been great to deal with. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a tight-knit group. Gary Dolph. Did I mention Dolph? Gary Dolphin in Iowa. I apologize. I mean, if I miss Dolph, for goodness sakes. Gary Dolphin in Iowa. And not only that, but you know, like the and like Bobby Hansen and Ed Podolak and Dan Deardorff. I mean, I can go through the long list of guys doing as Anne's Buck Sur at Indiana. 
you know, Tim Newton does football play. I didn't mention Tim Newton who does produce football play by play. Tim's outstanding. Awesome. These are just great guys. We've had, I think we've had all of them on the show at one point or another. This is the first time we've had Rob on the show. But this the very tight knit group. Yeah, a lot of respect across the board. Um now, you know, and we have a lot in common. We all have restraining orders out against the suit. Uh, but that's a, that's a different story. Uh, I can tell. <laughs> you heard Rob's reaction. I did. <laughs> that was a good call, okay? I, I can't do it. I can't do all the suit stuff with a straight face. I mean, it was a really good call. All right. Who's by an excellent broadcaster. Now we return to the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Boy, that's great new inventory right there. Uh, Great pre-owned inventory. All right. And a wide selection of that. And this is a great time, by the way, to buy. I mean, this is a great time to deal. And Sunbury Motors will do exactly that because they have a great sales staff and a fabulous service department to back it up. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Talk to Neil Kulong in a few moments. Uh, the uh, Big Ten Awards were handed out. Jamari Wheeler was on the all-defensive team. And uh, John Hara and Myron Jones made honorable mention. Uh, we'll hear from Jim Ferry tomorrow on the show. Also Sandy Barber on the show tomorrow, the Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics. And also Matt Leon tomorrow. By the way, when I was running through the play-by-play guys, I inadvertently, it's only inadvertently, left out Brian Bosch because uh, Jim Brand his football, which in Brandy's you know, I was trying to mention the football basketball guys, but Brian is uh, I think just finishing his second year at Michigan. Uh, is just an awesome guy and does a great job. So I want to make sure I got Brian's name in there. Didn't want to miss anybody. All right. Time now to bring in our Yoda of pro football, Neil Kulong. Sir, welcome. Oh, I apologize. That's right. We have Dick, Dick Girardi on today, DJ today. Well, yes, Neil's on tomorrow. Ah, I'm just getting ahead of myself here. It's because uh, 
during the uh, break, my attorney got a hold of me. We need to renew the restraining order on the suit. <laughs> I can see how that discombobulated you a little bit. Well, no, because I normally I have it on automatic renewal. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so, you know, 17 years, Dick Girardi and I have been together. 17 years. The poor soul. DJ, great to have you with us. That's a lot of games, Steve. It's a lot of games, a lot of games, a lot of meals, a lot of everything. So, uh, I, I don't know if we averaged thirty. If we did, that's like uh, it's five hundred. Five hundred. That's like five hundred, five hundred ten games. Oh my lord, that's crazy. It, it is. I mean, it's driven you crazy. Well, <laughs> you have. Not it, but yeah. But yeah. you knew that. I knew that. All right. The job you love, the games you love, but one element does, you know, <laughs> drive you crazy. If we, just, if we could just do something about the play-by-play guy. Absolutely. But what are you going to do? He's part, of, he's part of the scenery. So that's the way it is. All right. Uh, hey, by the way, John Hara, Myron Jones both got uh, honorable mention All Big Ten. Jamari Wheeler was All Defensive Team. So, okay. So, I would have hoped, are there were there two teams, Steve, or three teams, uh, media and coaches, and uh, okay. John and Myron made it on the media, and the the coaches vote for the All Defensive Team. So Jamari made the All Defensive Team. Okay. Two yeah, steals. I maybe one of them could have made up. One of the top three teams, but oh well, on to on to Nebraska. On to, on to Nebraska, as they say. Dick, there's something about you know this team. When you sit back, there are different categories. What's the best team you've seen at Penn State? All right, this team won't be that, but it can be among your favorite teams. Why would it be in that category? Yeah, I, I, you know, look, I, I like their uh, I like their heart, uh, Steve, probably more than anything else because. I mean, it, it's been a little well, – it's been bizarre for so many reasons, right, specifically for this team. Um, what was it, October 21st when yeah. Coach Chambers resigned? Right. Um, so that, that's an element that doesn't happen every day when you lose your coach literally right as the season is about to start. So that was difficult for them. Um, and then um, the way the season played out with – all of those just brutal losses. Uh, and a lot of these guys were there for the ones two years ago as right. well. And to finish up the regular season, and now that I think about it, it was actually 30 to 9 until Maryland scored at the buzzer right. in the last 10 minutes on Sunday was really impressive and that was kind of the way they've done it the whole season they'd have this just horrible loss at the end where something crazy would happen or miss an open shot or somebody get fouled on the other team and then the next game you never knew what happened Um, and that's hard uh, to do so that's what I've admired most about this group is that they just it's like when the next game started the last game never happened uh, and that's difficult. It would have been easy to go into a funk and just, all right, this this is not going to work out, uh, not going to be our season, but it never happened. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of why it's my favorite group 
in all the time we've been doing it, as you said, obviously not the best group, but that's really not always relevant to what's happening anyway. Uh, John Hare and Jamari Wheeler uh, are two guys that have been part of the glue and the fabric of what uh, you know, what's happened here. You and I get the privilege of watching guys get better over time. Where have you watched the two of them get better? Yeah, I mean, really everywhere. Um, but Jamari specifically with his shooting, um, yeah, he was a guy, every time he shot his first two years, you cringed. Because you just, he said, there's just no way it's going in, right? I mean, 16% on threes, uh, couldn't make a free throw. Um, yeah, but was on the court because he was such a good defender, and, and, and he's a guy that could even with that help your team win. Well, now this third and fourth year, all of a sudden, he can make three-point shots. He can make free throws, especially in the clutch. He's more than doubled um, his shooting percentage from the arc. So there's that, and I think in all of it, Steve, he's gotten better in everything, just understanding circumstances. His passes are more accurate. They're in, um, you know, there's an assist, and then there's a perfect assist, the one that gives the shooter a best chance. Right. He's done that much better his last two years. So that's been cool. And, uh, look, John, John is – I think he's going to go down as one of the all-time inspirational Penn State basketball players um, because he just – the effort he gives. That's why I frankly was a little surprised he didn't do a little better on, the, on like, a coach's team. Right. Because I would think every coach in the league has to love how he plays. That would be how they would want all their players to play. Is he the most gifted offensive player in the league? No, but – He's now come to the point where you better guard him. And some guys, you better double-team him. I mean, he didn't have good footwork. Um, he looked a little clumsy for the first couple of years. And that, that's no longer the case. He's fluid. That's hard work. Um, and he's an amazing rebounder, one of the best offensive rebounders in the country, yep. the best in the conference for sure, uh, in a league of a lot of good big men which I guess is why he couldn't make one of the top three teams because <laughs> there's somebody good big man, and I get that. Um, but, yeah, just to you know, watch them. And, and, look, both of their personalities are great. Um, I, look, I don't know what their plans are for next year. Obviously, they want to play another year of college basketball. They can. They could do it here. They could do it somewhere else. It's up to them. Or they could not do it at all. Um, but whatever team they play on here, somewhere else, somewhere professionally or not they're not even basketball whatever they want to do they're going to be successes just because of the personalities they have when they play and other players gravitate to them because you know they watch what they do and they say hey i want to be part of it obviously covid and look the fact that we're going to be talking about a big 10 tournament i think is considering if we went back to september august is remarkable because you and i were sitting at a P.F. Chang's in Indianapolis about a year ago today, uh, almost to the day when we found out that uh, there would be no Big Ten tournament. So how remarkable has it been, Dick, that we actually got to this point? Yeah, not very. Uh, because, look, in November, um, the virus and COVID looked a whole lot different than it did now. Yeah. Uh, we did not um, – I think we were still maybe a week, couple of weeks – maybe just a – the vaccine had just come out like people said we're going to have a vaccine but they hadn't gotten approved and you know nobody knew what the distribution was going to look like so 
all that's obviously changed dramatically over a couple of months because I think there were a lot of people very skeptical going, all right, yeah, you might start the season, but it's just going to be stop and start, and nobody knows how it's going to do that. Turned out the Big Ten played all but four conference games, which is pretty amazing uh, when you consider where we were at the start. And some schools got to play all their games. Maryland didn't miss a game. Um, so from that standpoint, yeah, the fact that we've gotten through it, uh, no, as far as I know, there's not a single uh, Division One player, I think men, man or woman, that's gotten really, really sick. If there is, nobody knows about it. Right. Um, That's incredible. I haven't heard of any. I have not heard of anybody hospitalized in football or basketball. Right. So, so if you think about that, I don't know what the odds are on what were on that. Look, their athletes by their nature are going to be in better shape than the general population. They're younger, so there's that chance. But just nobody. I mean that that tells tells you the the testing and and what lengths. Penn State and other schools have gone to to make it safe for the players. So, yeah, I, I, look, it's been great. It's been weird. We've all missed the fans. Uh, you and I have missed going on the road. Yeah. Uh, but you're giving up something this year. But we got what we got, and you know, in our case, we we don't know how many more we got. We're going to find uh, out starting on Wednesday. Start, yeah, starting on Wednesday, we're going to find find out about that. Uh, the level of play we've seen in the conference. What have you? Th- uh, the conference has received a lot of publicity. The Big Twelve, by the way also justifiably has received a lot of publicity. How good has the basketball been in this conference, the Big Ten, this season? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm a minority viewpoint, Steve, and maybe it's because of the eyes that I look at it through. I thought the league was better last year. Uh, and I, I thought it, it, a couple of reasons. One, Michigan State was dramatically better last year. Yes. Uh, Penn State obviously was better. Michigan State's the flagship program in the league to me. Uh, and, and has been for quite a long time. Uh, and then you look around and say, well, who's better? Well, Michigan's better, right? Illinois is better. Um, yep. I think I think Iowa's better. Uh, Maryland's not nearly as good. No. Nope. Uh, Rutgers, I think, is the same. Minnesota's uh, not as good, mm-hmm. although they weren't very mm-hmm. good last year. Mm-hmm. Indiana's uh, not as good. Indiana's not as good. So. Yeah, it's one of those things. I actually think, look, and, and we do Big Ten games, I think the Big 12 is the better league. I think they I, have more. I agree with that. Teams. Actually, I yeah. agree with that, Dick. I think the Big Ten, is, not, only is, not only is the Big 12, I think, a little bit better right now, just a personal opinion, but they're more mm-hmm. entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I th- and I think the proof is going to be, obviously, in the games in Indianapolis when they start playing. Um, I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that doesn't always tell you, but... You know, if you see five Big 12 teams in the Sweet 16, am I going to be surprised? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. just not. And I think some of the Big 10 teams are a little more vulnerable at the top than the Big 12 teams. But it, it, it's hard until you see these teams actually play each other, what's going to happen. But uh, we'll see. But, look, it's been really good. It's been fun. Um, there's certainly some great players. I mean, you got – I would suspect two first-team All-Americans out of the league and Garza and Desumu. That doesn't happen every year. Uh, you have a potential national coach of the year in Juwan Allen. That doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, it's been a really, really good year. But just for me, I, I do not think this group overall is any better than last year. And that's not knocking this group because I thought last year was really good. I thought last year was, was exceptional. I thought it was the best year I ever saw in the Big Ten was last yep. year. 
Yeah, right, no, right, and that doesn't mean no. It doesn't mean this isn't one of the top five years because I think it is. Yeah. yeah. But there's something about the depth of last year where you're looking around at the tenth place team and going, "Really? Got to play that group?" Yeah, uh, I mean, there, there really was only one team that just couldn't play last year, and that was Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And that that was really Fred Hoiberg had no chance. He was starting over. Right. You know, by the end of last year, and Penn State found out about it. Unfortunately. Northwestern to become like a, a very good team. Right. They just they just lost a million close games, not unlike what's happened to Penn State this year. Um, so yeah, but it, it's it's been it's been great. I just man, you know, last year just was unfulfilling, right? Because there was no ending. Right. You wanted to see what was going to happen, and that'll be the. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State by the end looked like they could they could play in the Final Four. That Penn State, I'm convinced, would have won games in the post, multiple games yep. in multiple tournaments Same here. Uh, in the postseason. Um, but that'll go into the what if categories. Uh, let, let me bring something up. It's a Lamar Stevens point. Lamar Stevens had over 100 double figure games in his Penn State career, and obviously multiple double figure rebounding games. So obviously, you know, in getting ready for the tournament, you'll do a little advance work. So I've done a little advance work. Luka Garza's had a phenomenal career. He's got 96 double-figure games in his career. right? And he played four years like Lamar did. Well, the difference is this. Lamar was ready-made when he walked on campus. Yep. Garza, and, Garza was not. And Garza uh, did a great job of making himself into this. Uh, absolutely. Now, Steve, we saw him Oof. in his first Big Ten game. Yeah. Uh, right? It was Penn State's first Big Ten game of 17-18 yep. at Iowa. And if you had told me, if after watching, they had to take him out because yeah. he, he couldn't guard anybody. Right. And he was trying to guard Mike Watkins, and it was not happening. If you had told me... After that game, he's the all-time leading scorer in Iowa history. I would have laughed at you. So, yeah, all credit to him. Um, But, yeah, that freshman year, he was just another guy. Whereas Lamar, in his freshman year, was the MVP of the NIT. Um, So, do I have that right? Oh, no, Uh, it was the next year. Sophomore year. Next year. Actually, so Gar's right. Gar's sophomore year, or freshman year, was Lamar's sophomore year. Right. So, yeah, Lamar had already, you know, he already had a really, really good freshman year at that point. Uh, when he played against Garza for the first time, but yeah, no, I, w- I did not see that coming. I think that's really it. I think I think Lamar coming out of Roman Catholic already had a Big Ten body. He was already physically able to match up with the players in the league. Where at that point, Luca really was not. Right. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's, I, I know it's it's a year past, but I, no matter in going through Lamar's career, I know I, I know this is st- this is such past tense stuff. But it's just still, even to this day, didn't think he got his just due. I thought Cassius Winston got his just due. I feel like Garza always does, and they deserve it. I mean, Cassius deserved all this stuff he got. Luca deserves all he got. I always thought, and kind of thought, like a guy like Lamar Stevens was an afterthought. And then you start comparing some stuff and realize, like, uh, yeah, a, a better career than some of these guys did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Because again, because he was so consistently good from the first moment uh, that he played, and. Yeah, I, I, in talking to Jim Ferry this year, he's, he, he's yeah. Look, there's a couple things this group lacks. Obviously, one is the the, the defensive size right. around the rim. There's just you know, if you can get there, generally you're probably going to score. Uh, unlike in past years where you might have had Lamar Stevens or Mike Watkins blocking their shots, 
That's one thing. The other thing is they don't have a guy. All right, there's it's right on the shot clock. You're dying to make a shot. Yeah. Let's yeah. throw it to this guy. Uh, and that, that was Lamar Stevens for yeah. four years. Um, and generally, he's going to get a higher percentage shot because it's closer to the basket. He's six eight, not like six four for Myron Jones, who's a great player, yeah. but just a different kind of player. Um, so yeah, you can miss that consistency of, of basically knowing before every game starts you're going to get this this and this um and and also very few people ever get noticed for this and i know i've made this point to you by the end he was a great college defensive player yep and it's and it's one of the reasons i have no doubt why he made an nba roster and he's in the rotation at cleveland he's never going to dazzle you with his long-range shooting ability but he he can keep other guys from scoring, and that that's a talent that gets you that makes you a lot of money in your career. Yeah, because moving forward in the program, uh, Sam Sessoms is maybe the best guy late shot clock at breaking you down off the dribble, but he's not six eight like Lamar. Correct, uh, and that, yeah, that, that that's the difference. They they don't have that guy outside of Sam that really can break you down late shot clock off the dribble. Yeah, that, that's the other thing about Lamar. He was six eight and can handle it. I mean, he could bounce it. He's not like a guy that was a two-bounce guy. Right. He could bounce it ten times if he needed to to get somewhere to finish a play, and he could finish a play. Well, we finished up another one here. So <laughs> I, I, I texted him yesterday, and he says, I said, we'll just do what we do. And he texts back and says, exactly what is that? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, trying to figure it out. all I know is life is good. There you go. Indeed it is. I watched them again this morning. He's still fifth. By the way, when is the Santa Anita Derby? First Saturday in April. First Saturday whatever, in April. Whatever that date is. Yeah, the Derby's early this year. The Derby is May 1st. Yeah, May 1st. That's when okay. Life is Good is running again. Just Correct. And they'll they'll bring out a few mannequins to try to run against them, and it won't work out well for them. Never does for mannequins. Nah. <laughs> they, they need four legs, and they only have two, and not good enough. Well, you're good enough. Hey, appreciate you, pal. See you See tomorrow. tomorrow See you tomorrow night. You got it. All right, Steve. Imagine that. We've done over 500 games together. Can you imagine that, Matt? That is a lot of games. <laughs> well, no, but like Dick was talking yesterday to the uh, point guard brunch that they had. And he was talking about, he says, look, he says, he says, look, he says, the bottom line is, he says, Steve and I have done like over 500 games. He said, look, like, he said, away from the floor, we're best of friends. Uh, you know, same, same thing with Jack. Right? Yeah, I mean, you guys hear Jack and me together. It's like, you know, it's like you want to talk about somebody that's been handed it the perfect lot. That's been me. That's been me. Plus, I get to work with you. Um, and the guy in the corner office stays there. I'm, all right, so uh, just got a note back from my attorney. They are going to put me on an automatic renewal. Oh, good. All right. No, no. The judge judge said I was allowed to be on automatic renewal for the restraining order. <sighs> what a relief! I'm now texting in the other guys in the Big Ten. All right, and and Kale Sanderson. All right, so. <laughs> Kale, <laughs> this guy, like, really. Right. I don't think Kale has to worry about that. Trust me.
what from the from the stalker? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know how many times he has said on the broadcast, oh, "I'd like to have him just go over to my house one time." I'm like, oh god. All right, back tomorrow with um, Sandy Barber, Jim Ferry, Neil Kulong here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.